This episode brought to you by Busy Beaver Button Company, who asked us to play this song as their ad. One, two, three, four. What happens when you are dying? Where is the source going? Is there another realm beyond this one? Is there heaven? Is there hell? Come with us as we answer this question. Here or nine. Join us as we freak out while searching for the truth, which will take us to the creepiest places of scaring you've ever seen in all of Germany. Because now is the time for Geistjäger. Guten Tag und Willkommen zu Geistjäger. I'm Helmut Gerhardt. Und euer Panzerschnitzer. Guten Tag, Helmut. Guten Tag, Panzer. Wie geht es Ihnen? Sehr gut. This week on Geistjäger. Panzer and I will be visiting one of the scariest places in the broad daylight that you can go to and also be scared while you are there and the sun is up. Panzer, do you dare to utter the name of our location this time or are you so frightened of where we are going that you will only shakily nod your head and say, Nine, nine. This is a show on the edge. I will name all destinations. Yeah, Panzer. This week, we are going to be visiting... The Gruberstilzen designated fun area and family amusement zone. Yeah, Panzer. First opened in 1971. And first closed in 1973. Yeah, then reopened in 1975. The designated fun area and family amusement zone was the twisted brainchild of Klaus Gruberstilzen. Klaus was an only child and grew up in a very remote village where all day he would dreams of fun and family, neither of which were ever to become his. In 1977, Klaus received the Mitzi Volkrieger Award for Most Improved Area for Fun and Family Inclusions. But the good times were not to last. Later that year, there was a horrific accident which claimed the life of no less than three families and their children. Yes, the entire country was in mourning for such tragedies. And what better way to, b- to chase away those blues than a designated fun area? A similar accident on the same ride claimed more people's lives nine days later. Heartbroken and unwilling to make his amusements less lethal, Klaus closed the entire park down, turned his back on it, and vowed never to enter it again until it became truly spooky. And now, here we are, an undisclosed number of years later, ready to enter the terrifying shambles of what was once a child's wonderland. Panzer. Yeah. What equipment are we bringing with us today? Today we have the electrocardiograph equalizer. Yeah, that will make the electricity in my heart re- like really pop. The EQs will be set just right. What else? We have the phantasmic compressor. Yeah, that's why we can like fit so many more phantoms into the Ziploc bags. And of course we have the 1992 Sony Walkman. Excellent for capturing EVPs. Yeah, also an excellent early warning system for when the commissar is in town. Uh-oh. Yeah, it will tell you when to turn around or when not to turn around. It's important. Uh-oh. <laughs> and now as we prepare to enter, as usual, we will turn on the night vision cameras so that they are facing us, but not the thing that we are looking at. 
which makes for better television, honestly, because most of the time we are just staring into corners Herbert, and getting freaked Herbert, out. Yeah. Do not test him that part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the secret. Into the park! Panzer! Warten, what's that? Over there. Do you see? The statue of Herr Giggleholzen. The laughing pants, man? Yeah, yeah. I swear, I just thought move. Let us draw closer and investigate. I will turn on the electrocardiograph equalizer now. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Pants, I'm not afraid to tell you, though it will unman me, that I am scared right now. I can feel it in my chest. Nine, push through, Helmut. You are so wise, Panzer. Oh, it made the noise again. You heard it. You heard it make the uh, noise in. Yeah, I heard the noise that time. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you exactly what this is. What? According to the electrocardiograph equalizer, there are no less than eight hearts beating behind the chief wood paneling of Herr Gigglehosen. That's even more terrifying. He's got eight hearts. Nine. I will break it open and show you. <laughs> These are equally terrifying than the ghosts! It is just a family of raccoons that oh. have taken up residence inside of Herr Gugglehosen. Ah, oh, you are right again. Helmut. Yeah. Geist or Nein Geist? Nein Geist! Come, let us move deeper into the amusement zone. Stay tuned for the conclusions of Geist Jäger after this, yeah. Spookin' Tug. Yeah. Right off the tip. It's like German (laughs) and also googly boogly. (laughs) Hi, everybody, (laughs) and welcome to the ultimate month <laughs> of the year for Blurry Photos. That's right. Welcome to Blurry Photober! <laughs> I think we can I think we could skip the unison speaking part as long as we just have the laugh. <laughs> I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. Whoa! You are. You are. <laughs> it's photober. <laughs> you are. Not, you are all jacked up. I love it. Let's do it. Yes, and we are doing it. Let's get this month going. Oh man! And this tonight, we're going to talk about what you know. What do you do to it when it does something to you? Oh! <laughs> what the f- bra? Oh, oh. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa, we've waited all year for this. We have. This is our most glorious month. It is the month of October. The weather is delightful. I just had a birthday. That's right. Uh, I'm going to be running my ass off in a couple weeks. Yep. In Kentucky. Everything's coming up Millhouse. That's right. Millhouse is here. He's He's got a segment later. (laughs) Oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it do it fast and hard tonight, and then we're gonna we're gonna put you away wet. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, David Floor. <laughs> I've had two beers I, and shut up. Yeah, I can't That's, keep I up care. with this. I'm loving it though. Let's get on the horse. Maybe we should go rob a bank instead of doing a <laughs> podcast. Ah, you know what uh, I've always been curious about. 
what's a cop's gun like? Flork, go get one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, okay. So time to get real. <laughs> uh, we are, we're starting out hard. We, we really are. Uh, we're going to cover something tonight that may be a little controversial to some folks. <laughs> I guess. You know what? You, you, you guess? <laughs> I have... I have heard, I've listened to a number of podcasts uh, that, that have covered this subject before, and a lot of them got a lot of shit for this subject. Just Good. even covering it. Good. I, you know what I want? Shit. It's my birthday month. You know what I want? Shit for it. <laughs> but some people, some people ver- take this very seriously, and to them, live through it and swear by it. Yeah, some and- people go to Trump rallies and not in a sarcastic way. <laughs> to start off blurry photober that's right we are going to be talking about possession and exorcism that's right yikes yikes them dirt old dastardly demons how do they get in and how do i get them back out again oh man they're soul roaches what we've what we're doing is uh bringing light to this subject for those of you who don't know what uh, uh is involved in possession yeah what is involved in exorcism. We're going to tell you how to diagnose your family members over Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Turns out your uncle, he's possessed by a demon. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to go through the information that, that we've been, been able to find. Of course, I don't think either one of us have, have ever uh, firsthand encountered anything like this. Oh, I have. I don't think I've ever firsthand encountered <laughs> anything like this. I was lying. <laughs> You're possessed right now. Yes, I son am. Of a bitch. Oh, you who's possessed? You are. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> so, uh, my point is, we we can't comment on this from experience, obviously. Yeah, no. But no, what we're we gonna can't. do is is go with what the what information we could find because we're curious about it. It's yeah. a very interesting subject. Un- and unlike dark matter, DARPA, uh, yokai, uh, the Hollow Earth. Uh, this is one we can't comment on from experience. All right. All right. right. You're trying to be so nice about it and I'm not going to let it happen. (laughs) You're doing such a good job of like playing the middle field. And I'm like, no (laughs) ball goes in this end of the field. So anyways, um, (laughs) I just want to establish that I'm the asshole. When the, when the letters come in, you direct them to the David with only one D. Uh, if if you didn't get it, yeah, it's a Dave's name. Well, I'll tell you if if anybody out there has had experience and we get anything wrong, please oh, let man. us know. Please do. I would love to hear that. And we actually got to have uh, a really good discussion with someone at the uh, Milwaukee Paracon about this. Actually, I think that that's really what got the ball rolling, and we decided this would be a fun one to save for Blurry Photober. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna try and and uh, not get anything wrong, but you know how it is. Especially not having gone through something like this. Some people l- really, I mean, seriously think that a demon climbs inside their or a family member's body and it's, it's, a, it's a horrible experience. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. And, I, and before I get you know, too horribly flippant about this, um, <laughs> which, I, which I'm going to, so, <laughs> sure. you know, prep yourself for that. You know, when you do research on this and Flora and I kind of split it up, I, Flora's reaction is awesome. It means that he found some some pretty fun stuff about people getting really up in arms about this. I, I didn't really run across that, uh, but you do watch a fair number of YouTube videos, which there are plenty out yeah. there. And what's important in, is uh, this, this 
to my mind kind of also files into the uh um like when we did our episode on Morgellons that like yeah i agree completely whether whether it's the uh you know uh, a malignant entity or or simple psychological uh pathology is people are suffering right they are they are not happy they are not to be dismissed no not at all not at all it is this is not about mocking people who have a very serious problem right we don't know what it is and some people think they do you know there's there's a, we'll we'll get into that yeah. this week uh but th- i just want to very clear that at no point are we like the, the people in these videos are suffering they are they are miserable and they are they have they are having you know depending on who you want to talk to a psychotic break they are actually inhabited by a malfeasant demon um you know regardless it, whichever yeah. one you choose this it person people. yeah it affects people and it affects families yeah um, very well put and so it and, it and it is and to that degree it is awful and terrifying yeah. and real and absolutely happens and we'll in the the second half of the, of the podcast you know uh we'll be talking about that what 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 happens in the 20th century about that and uh we'll be getting into that in more detail but yeah. i just want to get that out right off the bat very well put and we're going to talk about what possession is what exorcism is uh, the, a little bit of the history but mostly some uh cultural who's it's uh, of of possession and a couple and, of what's it's uh yeah we'll leave the, the what's it's but uh <laughs> we can't afford that too much money we'll, we'll go through a couple cases we got some stories we uh-huh. got some audio yep we're gonna and, start photo and, right yeah, motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> david 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 and dave a uh, hundred years david 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 <laughs> All right, let's let's tell you about this. Let's get going. Possession is the taking over of a person's mind and body by an external force <laughs> perceived to be a deity, spirit, demon, entity, or separate personality. It is a concept as old as recorded history, appearing in numerous cultures in some form or another. Uh, depending on the culture and depending on the symptoms or actions of the possessee, the possession may be wanted or unwanted. The majority of cases seem to be generally unwanted and troublesome. Possessions have been blamed for many maladies that people have suffered throughout the ages, including sickness, bad luck, bad food, being poor, being different, etc., etc. It was even used as an excuse for misunderstood things such as epilepsy, mental illness, and even homosexuality in some cultures. And and, and one of those cultures being... Uh American culture. Oh, sure. That is absolutely happens here in the United States. I'm sure there are a few people who would probably still subscribe to that belief, even today. Uh, Symptoms of possession include, but are not limited to, convulsions, speaking in tongues, or glossolalia, otherwise vile behavior, knowing things the victim shouldn't know. That one's an interesting one. Uh, Facial and vocal contortions, superhuman strength, sudden injuries, and levitation. You know, something's going to be up if you're levitating. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care who you are. (laughs) Something's up. (laughs) And it's you. (laughs) Come on. Set them up, knock them down. For true unwanted possessions, the only cure is what, Dave? Uh, 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 Ginger ale, bed rest, uh, some of that emergency. No, exorcism. Exorcism, which is the ritual expulsion of non-physical entities. The word is derived from the Greek exousia, meaning power or authority, 
in reference to a higher power binding the entity and compelling it to act against its wishes. This can be accomplished through a number of different rites, depending on culture, including dances or trances. Lady romances. Lady romances. Taking off your pants. uh, (laughs) Prayer. Invective. Foul odors. Incense. Holy items. Sacred herbs. Blessed water. Salt. Or simply asking the entity to leave. Yep. More on exorcism later. Yep. There's a real, there's, there's a, a real rainbow of options with that. And the, the lowest, the most, uh, succinct and easy is to in, uh, in the Christian belief system is, uh, to, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And that in a lot of faith, Sometimes. that's, that, that's it. That, that's all you, that's need. all you need. The Catholic church has a scale of demonic influence. Yeah. It goes like this. Uh, number one, possession, in which Satan or some demon takes full possession of a person's body without their knowledge or consent, so the victim is therefore morally blameless. Number two is obsession, which includes sudden attacks of irrationally obsessive thoughts, usually culminating in suicidal ideation and typically influences dreams. Number three is oppression in which there is no loss of consciousness or involuntary action, such as in the biblical book of Job, in which Job was tormented by a series of misfortunes in business, family, and health. Uh, Number four, external physical pain caused by Satan or some demon or demons. Number five, infestation, which affects houses, things, or animals. And then lastly, number six, subjugation in which a person voluntarily submits to Satan or some demon. Or Woof. You know, uh, in Who going through that, that phone contract, there are people. I guess. There are people. Takes all kinds. Takes uh, all kinds. I, I feel like that's not a, a uh, Roy G. Biv of, of uh, demonic influence. No. It seems a little scattershot, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it goes from like, lightest to darkest right. i think it goes it's like hey these are different things they're just different things yeah. so so forget the scale aspect of it maybe right. just that's that's six things that the catholic church recognizes <laughs> in paranormal circles now not not necessarily uh, catholic church related at all but in paranormal circles additional signs of demonic possession include the following an unexplained foul odor Knocking or banging in the walls or on objects in the vicinity with no known source. Mm-hmm. Unexplained scratches on people. Scratching and noises grouped in threes, which indicates mocking the Trinity. Hmm. Strange flight or flight behavior in animals. An overwhelming feeling of oppression occurring as physical symptoms such as extreme nausea or extreme couponing. A sense of dread. <laughs> so suddenly you wake up and you're convinced that you are the law. That's right. <laughs> Heavy objects moving seemingly by themselves towards a human target. Ugh. An increase in paranormal activity during prayer. Uh, some cultures welcome possession, but that kind of possession is by holy spirits. Uh, Vodun, Santeria, and others allow practitioners to become the god's horse mm-hmm. and be mounted. Yeah, we went over that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, not all possession is bad, but uh, it just seems like the majority, or maybe it's maybe it's like the news 
these days. Well, I, I you know think the, it's, the, the worse it is, the sexier it is or whatever. Well, I think it's because we are in, uh, we live in a country that's predominantly Christian and there is no good possession. That's good. That's a good I point. Mean, because the, 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 the good alternative as I guess you would say you're filled with the Holy spirit, but yeah. that's not the same thing. It doesn't guide or control your actions. Well, so, yeah. Uh, Un- unless you're Pentecostal. Oh, that's very true. That's right. Speaking in tongues and yep, you're absolutely right. I forget if I have that. I might have that a little later, uh, some notes on that, yeah. but. So there, there is, there does exist a, a good side. Sure, uh, sure. To that. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, with, with a few exceptions, uh, I think in the, in, in Western thought, I guess you'd say, which is, uh, largely Christian is that, that possession is a, a bad thing. It's not to be sought, but there are a lot of cultures you, you mentioned, uh, voodoo, uh, there are a lot of uh, African uh, yeah. belief systems where where people, you know, welcome the infusion of the the spirit that they're praying to. Yeah. Um. You know, there that does happen in a, in a lot of other cultures, and I'm trying to remember. I don't I don't have any other examples right now, but I I know that there are. I'm I'm trying to separate in my mind cultures that would invoke active possession versus putting themselves into a trance like state to receive information, but not necessarily possession. I'm thinking. The whirling dervishes. I'm thinking ayahuasca trips, yeah. uh, peyote vision quests, steam lodges, things like that. That don't quite they they are they are they are altering themselves to make them open to the teachings of their their gods, but not necessarily uh, shakers are are a, yeah. another Christian sect. Yeah, that that, that would be for uh, and Quakers, I guess. Yeah, is that the I know shakers are they're the dancing one. I the Quakers don't. All, because of the qu- the quaking they do at the body. Well, anyway, you, you got me on that. I don't know. We're 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 we're, we're pulling from our own whales on, on yeah. these references. But uh, that is also a very good point to bring up, which I don't think I I wrote down. But uh, pos- possess this that type of possession is different from channeling. Yes. Also, yeah. Again, it's it's a it's it's receiving information, or in cases being a conduit for information, but it is not inhabitation right that's that's channeling yeah uh when you when you're possessed by it you're taken over mm-hmm. you have no control or, or facility yeah, you are pushed uh uh out of the driver's seat yeah yeah and into the trunk you hear what's going on yeah you get bumped around some <laughs> maybe like a red light in there <laughs> yeah. uh all right let me take you through some culture with this let's start out where you where you start out usually in ancient mesopotamia duh it was believed that all forms of sickness came from powerful spirits called Gidim, entering a person's body and attaching to that person. Assyrian tablets make reference to the use of incantations and prayers to the gods, as well as direct challenges to demons, which were believed to inflict every type of disease, both physical and psychological. Mm-hmm. Ancient, ancient Babylonian priests called Ashipu performed rituals by destroying a clay or wax image of a demon. There was an entire branch of Sumerian magic in the fourth millennium BCE. Mm-hmm. We, you know, one of these days we're going to have to, to really get into Sumeria and all that. That's yeah. The hard thing is to find a hook, like a, th- a, a needle to throw. Well, we thought it. it was Zoroastrianism, but yeah, that, that didn't work out. It, it just sort of was like, well, we're not the religion cast, right? Uh, We'll find it. We'll find it. Bailback might be the way to go, to go with that one. I don't even know what that is. Bagoo. Uh, <laughs> Did you just tell me to f*** off in an old language? <laughs> Bagoo. <laughs> Bagoo. <laughs> uh, 
and the uh, this branch of Sumerian magic, it's kind of like you have doctors and witch doctors. Like they had doctors for medicine and curing uh, people, healing, and then they had this magic, which was for the demons and and uh, healing of the soul, as it were, kind of thing. So, anyway, um, in Hindu religion. The ancient texts known as the Vedas, which were mm-hmm. composed around 1000 BCE, refer to evil beings that interfere in the work of Hindu gods and harm the living. There are several classifications of demons and evil spirits, including Asuras, Vitalas, and Pishachas. <laughs> Pishacha. Pishacha. Shikaka. <laughs> Excuse me. Your balls are showing. Pishaka. <laughs> Uh, additionally, people with bad karma in one lifetime may be relegated to roaming as evil spirits in punishment for such karma. <sighs> I, I've got an opinion about that, but let me keep going. Uh, Vitalas are evil spirits that inhabit corpses, but not the living. Gross. Pishachas are flesh-eating <laughs> demons. That's fun to say. Exorcisms may be performed to remove these evil spirits using sacred water, burning incense, and similar ceremonial rituals. But the oldest exorcism ritual still being used is a Hindu one formulated in the 5th century BCE in the Bhagavad Gita. It suggests exorcism of negative spirits via prayer, repetitive mantras, the use of certain incenses, and music from natural objects like conch shells. The opinion that I had, uh, if you're bad in life or or you accumulate bad karma and then you're allowed to live on in the next life as an asshole spirit yeah. it doesn't seem like good punishment no i mean you're not allowed to go on to the next life obviously but you- well lots of people aren't but yeah that's it's like saying yeah boy i, I don't I, this kid was really mean in junior high so we sent him to asshole academy so that as an adult and for the rest of his days, he could be the absolute pinnacle of an asshole. Yeah. Which means that he runs a hedge fund for a while, then buys a uh, pharmaceutical company, takes right. a drug, it's $13 a pill, jacks it up to $750. And uh, that's how the system works. And now that guy is going to come back in the next life or between lives. As, as a mega torment. Yeah. As a mega, he's like, hey, I was only kind of functional at this before, but now I'm ethereal. I can really with people's lives i don't like that but he can't touch the the uh the price of uh pharmaceuticals at that point well by then everybody's gonna be dead so okay <laughs> oh yeah welcome welcome to the downer cast anyway here's wonder wall <laughs> <laughs> all right uh accounts from ancient persia dating back to around 600 bce offer evidence of exorcism using prayer ritual and holy water by the religious leader zoroaster Hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Who was considered the first magician or sage and who founded the religion Zoroastrianism. The Vindidad is an enumeration of various manifestations of evil spirits and ways to confound them. A verse from the Gathas, which were poetical scriptures in the Vindidad, has the power to exorcise demons or heal sickness, irrespective of its content being understood. That's an important point. You can do it without needing to know know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's a kind of holy spell, a talismanic utterance. A ceremony known simply as a Vindadad is still performed in India and Iran. It takes place at night when the demons are believed to be at their strongest. The priest recites the whole text, a long task which can take most of the night, 
reading from his book by the light of flickering lamp flames. The origin of this practice is obscure, but its meaning is not. The whole Vindadad has now become an extended mantra, or formulaic utterance, which is believed to have the power to drive away demonic influences which are particularly dangerous just after a death. The priest is literally laying down the law for them, for it is the anti-demonic law from which the Vindadad gets its name. Nice! Uh, In Christianity... There are many references to Jesus performing exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't say Jesus. Wait, are you referring to Jesus? Don Christ. Christ. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll just keep doing it because that's it's America and that's what you have to get used to. <laughs> uh, and the ability to cast out our evil spirits was a sign of a true disciple. Uh, if you're looking for a fun example of that, try Mark chapter 5. Is memory serves because it was one of the more cool metal parts of the Bible. <laughs> I want to say Mark chapter five verse. Oh man, I don't want to get I don't want to get busted on this, but I want to say it's 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 early. It's bef- it's in the first ten verses, between five and ten, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, uh, Jesus uh is in a boat, comes to shore, and a guy comes out just rambling and I screaming have this from Luke. Oh, it's also in Luke? It, well, yeah. All right. Just like the birth. <laughs> uh, yeah, he comes screaming out. I mean, screaming out of the boat. Uh, you, I mean, wh- why have me paraphrase it? Well, I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. And you know what? Just a real quick tangent. Uh, in movies, nobody memorizes Bible verses to where they're just like, oh, well, that's Ezekiel 25, 13. Right. Oh, well, that sounds like Psalms chapter 5. Like, people do what you just did. They're like, well, that's in Mark. It's chapter, oh, sh-. Which one is that? Uh, right? Nobody I, knows Bible verses to where they're just like, that reminds me of that. I, 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 it's in every I, movie I, and TV show. I don't want to be contrary, but I knew, like, not many in, in all of my, my Super Churchin days, but I knew, like, three people. I knew one guy who absolutely had definitely memorized the entire Bible. He had memorized it, but no, but I, there are a few, sir, there, there's one guy I knew for was, sure. Was he a private detective? Cause that's usually who says, it. no, he was like a youth pastor. Uh, These but, people are not holy people that, <laughs> yeah, no, no. But yeah, like I do like, that is a, uh, Andy Dufresne. Yeah. There's a, a, in, a, in Shawshank. I don't, I'm, I've seen the movie once. I don't, but there, but that is a trope in movies and books. Well, uh, you know, I grew up in a religious household, so. Uh, at this point, I would say that sounds a lot like Leviticus. You know, yeah. like they would just yeah. rattle off really specifically. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's always gotten my goat. There were numerous references to evil spirits in one cryptic instance of possession in the Old Testament in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse fourteen. Meanwhile, the Lord's spirit passed away from Saul. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, the Lord's spirit passed away from Saul. (laughs) Instead, at the Lord's bidding, an evil mood came upon him and gave him no rest. And whenever Saul was taken with this evil mood of his, David would fetch his harp and play, whereupon Saul was comforted and felt easier, till at last the evil mood left him. Now, cryptid, cryptic, because (laughs) that could just be he got pissed off. Yeah, was he cranky? He was fussy. The New Testament, though, contains something like 30 some odd references to demons being driven out in the books Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, including the infamous passage that you were talking about, but this time from Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 36. You want to read it? Sure. 
and they arrived at the country of Gadarenus, uh, which is over against Galilee. Yeah, which is over against Galilee. <laughs> and he went forth to land. There met him out of the city uh, a certain man, which had devils long time and were... What the... F- what, what is this? This is like... King James Version. It's what I this just copied-pasted. KJV? Yeah. Okay. I, this is... I should have started over. I didn't know I needed to be using my King James voice. <laughs> <clears throat> and they arrived at the county. <laughs> I can't. I won't. Uh, let's see. We'll try it over. Uh, starting at verse 27. And he went forth to land. There met him out of a city a certain man which had devils long time and wear no clothes, neither abode at any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God Most High? I beseech thee, torment me not. There's a parenthetical here. That's fun. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him. He was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he brake the chip, the bands, and was driven by the devil into the wilderness. End parenthetical. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. This is the worst version. I'm finding the Mark one. It's way cooler. Tell me which Bible part to read. I'll tell you which Bible part to read. All right, here we go. You starting over or picking up? I'm picking up. Here we go. NIV. Ugh. <laughs> uh, this is Mark chapter five, starting at verse six. Nice. Nice, eh? Nice. Right? When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? This is, this is why it's so, this is why you go NIV. My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the, on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Uh, then there's some problems with, you know, who owned the pigs. and uh, But there it is. Well, there, in, in Luke, it ends up, when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and the country. I guess the, uh, yep. the pig herders. Uh, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Uh, they also saw it told them by what means he was possessed of the devils was healed. And then uh, for NIV, uh, verse 17, then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. <laughs> <laughs> Get away, witch doctor. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that you cured crazy man, but I had two thousand pigs, sir. That's true. Way to go, Jesus. Well, that's, take your you whip know, and your hammer and yeah, get out of here. And Jesus is like, there was legion. I I just <sighs> <sighs> fun with the Bible. Moving on. All right. Of course, we mentioned the uh, the Pentecostals. These uh, these are the people who invite the Holy Spirit into them. They yep. they do what they can to get this trance like state so that the Holy Spirit can work through them. Yeah, there's the the speaking in tongues, which I would also say is still not possession. Closer to channeling. Uh, there's you, you get at this point you get the speaking in tongues. There's uh, uh physical activities, jumping, 
Um, I, I went to a Pentecostal church for a little while. They did laps for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Around the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was, uh, you know, there's just leaping, uh, speaking in tongues, getting slain in the spirit. It's the thing you people like to make fun of. You see it on TV. It's, wait, uh, wait, wait. You people like to make fun of? What are you saying? It's, uh, did I say you people? Well, I think you said it's the thing you, uh, people like to make uh, yeah, fun yeah. of. I think there was a point. Uh, you know, there's that, that demon be gone. Mm. Uh, you know, and that, that absolutely, that happens at Pentecostal churches, not just Pentecostal. There's some other churches where that happens and, and it, and you see it gets to, uh, really ridiculous levels. And that this is the part where I will absolutely call just unending horse. You get to the televangelist level where they're doing the thing where they just wave their hand and a whole section of the audience falls to the ground and he's just throwing Hadoukens for Christ. Waha! Waha! And just knocking people over left and right at like 15 feet. Uh, and that's just Titan, get over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at that point it's, it, that's televangelist showmanship to get oh, money yeah. and silliness, you know, but, um, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, it ha- that happened to me once. Um, uh, so Sam Kinison, the comedian mm-hmm. came from a very religious family. Uh, both he and his brother, rich Kinison were both evangelists, uh, for some time. Uh, rich stayed the path. Sam decided to opt out. Mm-hmm. And when I was, boy, I'd have to say 12 or 13, I saw Rich Kinison at a, at a Pentecostal church. And, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was all on fire with the Holy Spirit. It was, it was, a, it was a heck of a thing to see. And he, he did that to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, like he just kind of pushed me down into my seat via my forehead. It was not, uh, for me at least, it was not like a, a religious experience or anything. You know, you don't. You know, when you're 12, you just go along with the flow. Like, okay. Um, when you're in a age, you probably go. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, you know, I if think you're there. Well, when, when you're older, you'd be like, no, man, don't, don't hit me in the face. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to fall over. You know, I don't know. Tell that but, to but, the 80 year old. <laughs> yeah. But you're there, you know, like if, yeah. if you're, if you're at the church, if you've, you know, gone on a Thursday night because he's in town or a revival. Yeah. Then you're, you're, you've already signed in for it, you know, so don't be a, don't be an a-hole about right, it. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know that yeah. was, I've, I've got a few more here before we move on. Um, Islam, I'd like to talk about a little bit since we're talking so much of Christianity in Islam, evil spirits called jinn. ever heard of them? Cause you listen to our podcast. You have may possess humans controlling their actions and behaviors. Uh, humans can also be damaged by witchcraft or black magic. The Quran mentions possession several times and even had verses specifically for protection, including this one. Say, my Lord, I seek refuge with you from the whisperings of Satan, and I seek refuge with you, my Lord, lest they may attend me. To help repair possession and damage, a rukeya is performed. Rukeya is essentially an Islamic form of exorcism. It's kind of a, it's, it's, it's a normal part. It's part and parcel with, uh, uh, Islamic belief, I believe. I mean, when we talked about the, the jinn, it's just like, well, that's, it's an everyday thing. Like you, you have some troubles. It's jinn, dude. Yep. It's, it's not a, it's not a special thing. You just got a jinn. Get it out. You know, move along. <laughs> In Judaism, we have the old Dybbuk, a demon or doomed soul. Ever heard of that? Yes, you have because you listen to the podcast. Oh, man, all of your research is paying off tonight. (laughs) The book of Tobit contains the first explicit description of an informal exorcism. 
The Dead Sea Scrolls include several exorcism incantations and formulae, mostly directed against disease-causing demons. The Dead Sea Scrolls Psalms collection in particular has four songs for the charming of demons with music. For the price of one on this one collection. Uh, again, with, with music and demons. That, that's interesting to me. Uh, people who fell under the influence of false prophets and mediums were thought to also require the exorcism of possessing evil spirits. The false prophets and mediums themselves were subject to death, a sure cure for most possessions. Yep. The Dybbuk is exercised by a Baal Shem, a miracle-working rabbi. Good luck finding a rabbi that will admit to uh, working miracles. Eh, I try. <laughs> <laughs> the demons of Asia are primarily the powerful ancient spirits of nature who require recognition and appeasement. Since there is no notion of absolute evil in Buddhism, or indeed in any Asian religion, and all classes of beings, including beings of the lower realms such as demons, animals, and ghosts, may improve their karmic lot by attaining a higher birth in the human or divine realms. Demons are not always and forever demons. They are troublesome but not catastrophic. They are obstacles to be overcome through ritual action, offerings of appeasement, and meditative detachment. Nevertheless, in normative Buddhist texts, the suffering of demons in the hell realms is invoked negatively to warn practitioners to be more diligent in their spiritual efforts, in part to avoid rebirth among these unfortunate beings. Makes sense. As representations of natural bounty, mystery, and fertility, demons threaten to exceed and overturn the human order. They must be controlled, and yet they must be respected, since they are an inevitable feature of that oscillating order. Uh, the Middle Ages, we're talking 500 to 1500 CE. Mm -hmm. saw a revival of ancient superstition and demonology and mental illness was seen to be the result of evil possession. But don't worry, they've got a solution for it. It's, sh it's shaped like a drill <laughs> and it's called God. trepanning, which was a, uh, a long running um, as far back as uh, 5000 BC, well into the Middle Ages uh, and in different cultures. Um, if you are thought to have an evil spirit in your head, well, it's just never going to get out unless we give it a hole. Right. And so there- It's I like mean, gas. Yeah. There are uh, etchings, uh, engravings, drawings, uh, forensic evidence from, from ancient skulls that trepanning of drilling a hole through the skull to, uh, to ease uh, possession or evil spirits, super common practice. And you know what? Probably worked. Because it probably shut that person down. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah. They it, would not be under any kind of crazy influence after yeah, that. they were quite docile mm -hmm. after that. Uh, there was also other barbaric treatment of mental Ill illnesses, primarily left to the clergy, who exercised patients through a variety of techniques, including that one, uh, which caused physical pain. Also, uh, scourging was, oh, was one. It's yeah. Beat it out of you. Yeah, a scourge is uh, a hell of a thing. I, I believe Jesus was hit with one himself. It is a, uh, a sort of a cat of nine tails sort of div uh, uh, item with long leather uh, thongs or, or strips of leather with um, pieces of, of thorn or mm -hmm. glass tied into it. So this is a, it's sort of a whip that will also catch flesh and pull it back out when the whip comes back. Yep. Yeesh. Uh, yep. 
There's a reason we still use the word scourge. So that's uh, that's some stuff through history and the cultures uh, that uh, that we can find for positions. Yeah. Uh, lots more cultures out there. Lots more stuff. You know that right. Hidden, hidden some highlights. What we're going to do now is move into some stories, uh, modern day stories of of people that have had possessions or, or think that they have and have written into a blog or a uh, website or, or what have you to describe their uh, experience with them. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that possessions ha- usually have in common, especially nowadays, uh, a lot of them aren't typically classified as true possessions. Yeah. And that's not to say they're not taken seriously, but especially for um, in the Western cult- in Western cultures when someone has a problem they think is possession, they'll go to the Catholic Church. That's mm-hmm. usually the first stop they have. Well, the Catholic Church has very strict rules about what they consider possession and, and what would need a priest yep. to exercise yeah, it. Well, yeah, they don't, they're experts on this Yeah, uh, by, by their own declaration. And so, yeah, they have a very systematic, you know, this is what constitutes possession and these are the following circumstances that will uh, that will require an exorcism in response. Right. And I mean, even Pope John Paul II, um, I think, upped the ante on on their uh, exorcists yeah. during his tenure because there have been so many cases that, that have been reported lately, and or, or I guess since he was Pope. They keep growing in number and, and very little, if any, get a bishop dispatched <laughs> to actually perform the right well hold your wad there clark according to the vatican's top guy they are working triple shifts i'm i'm interested to hear that side of it then because uh all the stuff that i found kind of said the opposite of that and which is which is what i i had thought before i started doing this research too i was with you i thought that it was something that the the church was like whoa whoa we nope we're not in that business anymore i'm really gonna have to be convinced that that we've got it, that this is an, an exorcism situation. Yeah. So and yeah. So we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So uh, let's let's get a, a couple of stories here, real yeah. quick. Some accounts of people who have suffered this. And this is again, this is people that have written in firsthand accounts, but not famous uh, or quote unquote famous cases, which we do have some coming up right after this. Yeah. So these are these are kind of like yeah, you, you know, your your everyday person's uh, experience. Uh, you want to start us off there? Sure, sure, sure. This happened to me about 15 years ago. I was a youth leader at a Christian youth camp. It was during a worship session. Some of the youth wanted to be prayed for. I was praying over this particular girl when suddenly she falls over, quote, slain in the spirit. This is what I was talking about earlier. Which, uh, which this is not the story, but again, in, in some religious, Pentecostals, for example, this is not cause for alarm. This happens. So... Just saying, because it says when she suddenly falls over, you know, anywhere else people would be like, oh no, mm. this is why the guy didn't rush to her. And sure. that. Uh, I continued praying over her, and that's when a demon started manifesting through her. Her entire face contorted, and her voice changed and no longer sounded like her own. She started screaming, swearing, and in particular cursing Jesus. Assuming it was a demon, I rebuked it and told it to come out in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about earlier. <laughs> I'm just, I love verification that I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Did you write this story? (laughs) That's my story. That is when it started talking to me directly, telling me things like, I f***ing hate you. You can't make her let go. Uh, Talking about her as if she was a separate person. It also threatened to hurt me if I didn't stop. Clearly my prayer was agitating it since it started pleading with me to stop. 
I continued addressing the demon, commanding it to let go of her in the name of Jesus. Eventually, she returned to her normal calm and reserved self. She had no memory of what happened. She was generally quite shy and reserved. It's always the quiet ones. So that happened maybe in a church? I, it doesn't specify. Uh, it, was, it, just said it, was a, it was a youth camp. Youth camp, so. okay. Uh, here's another one for you. I woke up from a dream in which something attacked me. I generally had been able to wake up from bad dreams just by basically opening my eyes. When I woke up, there was something standing over me. It was dark, darker than the darkness of the room around me, in a sort of human-like shape, but it didn't feel human. I was afraid. It reached out and placed its hand on my shoulder. It was ice cold. I didn't move. It felt like if I had moved, then it wouldn't like it, so I didn't move. After a few seconds, maybe five or so, it removed its hand and continued to stand there. Not knowing what else to do, I pulled my blanket over my head and hid. When I looked again, it was gone. I started sleeping with the light on for a while after that. Jeez. A little, get a little shadow person in there, too. Right, right. And I, the, the whole time I was like, man, yeah, this is like kind of getting shadow people old haggy, you know. Yeah. Uh, hypnagogia. Generally in our, our shadow person episode, I don't remember them touching, though. Well, I mean, there's the, there's the old hag. There's the, the feeling of, of having something on your chest. Sure. I don't know if that... Does that count as touching? It's not... Not like this. This was ice yeah. cold ice cold touch. Yeah, that is not the same. Hmm. So now, I think we've, we've we've taken a pretty solid look at uh, about the, the demon moving in and setting up shop. And by the way, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Down the line here, we're going to do an episode on demons. Yep. Just oh. demons solamente. Demonology. Too much to kind of cram all into one. As a matter of fact, we were having a hard time getting uh, possession and exorcism into one episode, but you, you can't split them. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, moving on to that, like how, how do you, how do you get these guys to, to vacate the premises, serve them an eviction notice? I mean, there have been rights of exorcism for as long as there's been the concept of possession, right? There's always a way to get them out. Um, there is in some cultures, uh, almost a direct line from what we were talking about in Mark and Luke. Um, you can, uh, sacrifice an animal to draw the spirit into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, there, there are so many different versions. Uh, at this point, what I'll be looking into mostly is, is the, the Catholic exorcism, right? Uh, and sure. there, I mean, there are so many different ones, but as far as, uh, documentation, this is the, the best documented, uh, exorcism right and has the most information so that's that's kind of the direction we're going with it right which is not to say this is the by any means the only form of exorcism i mean i mean uh, i'll bet you somewhere someone's still getting trepanned you know they're, they're not giving up on on those head drills Ugh. um so first uh let's talk about like what constitutes an exorcism okay uh, officially the catechism of the catholic church states that when the church asks publicly and authoritatively in the name of Jesus Christ, that a person or object be protected against the power of the evil one and withdrawn from his dominion. It's called exorcism. Okay. So, uh, and that, that definition is going to be important in a moment because there are some staggeringly high numbers that the, uh, the, the Catholic church at the Vatican is claiming on exorcism numbers. And they only make sense when you realize that not every exorcism is is what you've come to uh, be familiar with from from the movie The Exorcist or, or the Rite or any of those things. Sure. You know, there's the, the the you know the readings and the, the holy water and all those things. 
while that does happen occasionally, it's far less than what the church considers to be an exorcism. And uh, we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. Now, stop me if I'm jumping ahead here, but is that from the the same thing they've been using for a, a good number of years, the Rituale Romanus or something like that? Well, they, they, they updated it in 99, the Roman ritual. Yeah. Now, exorcisms, according to canon law, uh, they can only be, uh, they can only be performed by an ordained priest or higher with the express permission of the local bishop. And that is only after a medical examination um, to determine that there is not a physical reason, i.e. a tumor, something like that that's causing a sudden change in behavior, or a psychological reason. So that they are, I mean, and it, that's in everyone's best interest. It's in, the, oh, yeah. it's in the victim's best interest. It's in uh, medicine's best interest. And it's in the church's best interest to not try exercising someone who really just needs a CT scan and, and a good surgeon. Yeah. So that, and that's, that's, that's terrific. Now, in, as you mentioned, the Roman ritual, it does have, uh, and I'm reading, this is, this is the stuff I'm getting straight off of Wikipedia. Because, yeah, who the hell wouldn't use it? <laughs> Some people get really bent out of shape. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry I I don't I don't go to the UIC research library as much as Sheila offers to let me which is very <laughs> kind of her. Um some of the things in the the indicators of possible possession uh speaking in a foreign or ancient language that they that you wouldn't otherwise know supernatural abilities right knowledge of of hidden things um aversion to anything holy and profuse blasphemy or sacrilege. Now there's, there's an interesting kind of split in what I learned. So currently, or at least uh, officially up through 2000, the, uh, the chief exorcist uh, at the Vatican is a gentleman. The chief named, exorcist officer? That's right. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's in charge of that. <laughs> uh, Vatican CEO steps <laughs> down today. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's, it's, I don't know what you call it, like the head exorcist, the, the king of exorcists. Um, the exorcist general. Yeah. The office of the exorcist general. Yeah. Um, which by the way, all of our, all of our, uh, uh stationaries that say that now, <laughs> uh, is a gentleman named Gabriel Amorth, um, who was born in 1925. He is 90 years old now, and he has been an exorcist since 1986. And he has been the, the, the kind of the top, uh, the, the person you ask about for, for exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has issued some st- amazing numbers. Uh, first of all, he is very into exorcism. He thinks that it is not only necessary, it is important. Uh, he even um, founded the International Association of Exorcists in 1990 and presided over it until 2000, where he, he retired from that, but he's still uh, a very active part of the Catholic Church. And his numbers just keep going up. Uh, in 2000, he said that he performed over 50,000 exorcisms in March of 2010, that number went up to 70,000. And by May of 2013, he said he had performed 160,000 exorcisms in the course of his ministry. That's uh, my direct quoting there. That's a lot of exorcisms and it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to, from uh, an outsider's perspective until you know, he, he then hedges that later by saying, well, you know, even a prayer, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that you're, you're fighting the demon that's possessing someone. 
And I think that you get into that area a, a little bit, honestly, a little bit more Protestant mindset of, I have a, a gambling demon in me. You know, those, the, mm. I think, I think that's where that comes from. Not yeah. necessarily I'm what- fat because I have a demon that's <laughs> telling me to eat. Yeah, I have that I demon. love, ch- I've got a potato chip demon. <laughs> fight it every day. Every day. I fight it with another bag. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to choke that son of a bitch. <laughs> Reverse psychology yeah. demon. It's have like, another one. It's like Homer and the donuts. <laughs> I heard you like these. Gump, 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 gump. More. <laughs> More, um, please. I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry. Who does he say? He's like, so-and-so broke after two days. <laughs> Jackie Gleason Jackie, or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Something, something. Um, but he says that in his career that he's really only run across 90 full-blown possessions. Like like the real, what, what real you and I think field. of. Yeah, real pers- deal. Unholy field. Unholy field. Someone who needs to be you know, uh, sedated or at, at least, um, subdued. And while I, I was with you, Flora, I thought that the church was backing away from that. And maybe it was for some time, uh, backing away from exorcisms. Um, they are, they have reversed that course. And even the current Pope Francis is, is saying that, that, uh, an exorcism is an act of charity. Go forth, exercise hmm. your exorcisms. Um, and so the, uh, there's an international order of exorcists. These are people who are going uh, all over the place uh, to to perform exorcisms or to advise regional clergy on exorcisms and what they should be doing. Um, and so this has been going on for some time. So the, the Catholic Church is actually very active in exorcisms. And and I think in retrospect, I think about like the, the TV shows that I've seen um, where there's a haunted house, uh, you know, and they want a priest to come. And the priest, and, you know, the, and oh, the local bishop said, no, they won't do the exorcism. I hear you know, those are a lot of stories like that. And I wonder if that's what was giving me that impression. I don't know, man. I, like I said, from what I was hearing, it was a lot of stuff that I read was like, every, everything's very reticent to, to call a true position, a true position and send out someone sanctioned by the Catholic church. And that people were doing it on the down low by people. I mean, priests below yeah. a bishop maybe even right and i and it doesn't it doesn't have to be a bishop but it does have to be you have to get permission from one yeah um and uh you know in looking at this i mean even this uh so it's actually the actual number was 94 that he's saying out of thirty thousand exorcisms over nine years um only 94 of those represented full-blown possession i can believe that yeah it's but still, it may even still be a little high. High. Yeah, I was going to say ninety four is still a pretty robust number of full blown demonic possessions. Yeah. That members of the clergy got out of bed for and dealt with. Yeah. You know that's that's still pretty impressive. And there are uh, and keep in mind, you know, these uh, while this is happening at the Catholic Church, there's still other other belief systems that people are doing this all over the world. True. Um, there was a woman in New Zealand. This is in 2007. This is not ancient history who died while undergoing a uh, Maori exorcism. She was considered to have a demon in her and they were trying to cleanse her with water. And over the course of this very, very lengthy uh, uh, exorcism. Not, not Catholic. No, not Catholic. Uh, this was, this was a, a, a Maori traditional exorcism ceremony. 
uh, which is the, 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 I'm looking this up. The, the ceremony is called the Makutu and, uh, they couldn't, they, they were trying, they were throwing water on this girl to, uh, to bring out the demon to, to cleanse her. And it just wasn't, wasn't working, wasn't working. They ended up drowning her. Jeez. They, they flooded an entire kitchen. They were just water, water, water so much that it, it messed up the house. They ended up drowning her, which was a, a, a huge tragedy, obviously. Um, but that, you know, that's in 2007. These things are still happening. Yeah. Uh, there was in 2005 in, uh, Guyana, there was a, uh, a woman named Patricia Alves who, um, was running a business in exorcism. She was, she had a church and she said, hell, if you're, if you've got a demon, I'll fix it. And she would exorcise the demon from you with an iron bar. And so she beat someone to death in the process of exercising them. I tell you risky business. If you're running a church or a business specializing in, in exorcism, there's not that much demon possession going on. No, something, something's wrong. Something's wrong on your end. Something's wrong on their end. Quit it. (laughs) Knock it off. You know who else got exercised and lived to tell the tale? Obama. Salvador Dali. Huh? There's a little, little story going around that, he, uh, that he was the, the recipient. Well, it's, it's all very unconfirmed cause he, they kept it very private. There's, um, that he received an exorcism from a priest is as a thank you. He made a crucifix for this priest who, you know, obviously years and years later, experts have said, yeah, this, this crucifix was made by Salvador Dali, but why, why would he make this, this crucifix for this one priest and uh, the priest, and this is what you were talking about. This priest was a wildcatter. He had actually been excommunicated years before, but performed the exorcism. Uh, on year- the deal. Yeah, on the deal. Well, at that point, you know, he's, 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 he's a man without a church. He had been excommunicated. He's so a he's Ronin like, priest. Yeah, he was a Ronin priest. And he was like, all right, Salvador, let me get the demon out of that crazy ass mustache ears. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'd like to know more about that. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. And there's no shortage of these. And, and one of the most interesting that I found and I think anyone who uh, does even just a little bit of, you know, cursory research will run across this because this is really one of the, the most well-documented is the uh, very sad story of a woman named uh, Annalise Michael or Michelle. Uh, she was a, a German woman and in the mid seventies in 1975 had this lengthy series of exorcisms and uh, they were recorded by the priest. We've got, uh, we got some links I think we're going to put up uh, to this. Well, you can you can go on YouTube and find I think and, a lot and of videos, a lot of videos. We'll, we'll play a little audio from yeah, from so, one of them just to creep your ass out, right? But, so this woman, uh, Annalise Michael, she was perfectly fine, and then one day while praying, she started to hear voices, and they were telling her things, and none of them were good. That she was going to go to hell. Um, that she was damned, uh, and this just got progressively worse. Uh, she started having um, hallucinations. She would see things, faces. So she was admitted for psychiatric care, which uh, after a while, her, she and her family started to believe that she was not in need of psychiatric care, that she was possessed because she had an aversion to religious objects, that she refused to drink holy water. Uh, things like that. And they, so they petitioned the Catholic church. And again, this is exactly what I'm talking about. These stories, 
They petitioned the Catholic Church, and they were like, "No, she needs to. She needs psychological treatment." You know, mm-hmm. I think that they considered her to be schizophrenic, and and so they kept shopping it around until they found a vicar who walked in, took a look at her, and said, "She doesn't look schizophrenic to me. Exorcism's on." And so began this this long running uh, series of exorcisms that just this death march, literally, because. Ultimately, she did die. Uh, they starved her to death. Yeah, she died of malnourishment, de- dehydration, and I don't know if they were—I don't know if they were withholding food from her, or if she was unwilling to eat it in her very distraught state. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we've got—we've got some audio of these sessions because he recorded them very meticulously. Uh, so we'll, we'll, and which is not fun to listen to. It's not fun to listen to. Uh, if, if you got kids or you're, uh, uh in the, in the room with you or yeah. you, you know, have a, a bit of a soft stomach for this sort of stuff, you yeah. know, you don't want to listen to it. But it's, if, it's not, we're not going to hype it like we did that, uh, right. that yeah, no. one EVP thing, but you know, here it is as it is. And and uh, there th- th- there it is. It's, I yeah. mean, it it's disturbing regardless. Sure, um, that that someone is at that point. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's very sad. Um, and uh, if if there is there's no shortage, there is I believe even some footage. Yeah. Uh, that they filmed of this. Uh, there's no shortage of information. On, on Ms. Michael uh, on the internet, you can pull down any any number of different things. They use these weird images from the, uh, you know, sometimes it's like somebody, I don't even think it's her with like really darkened eyes and weird things. It may and, be her, but the image coupled with the sounds and stuff is pretty disturbing in itself. It is. And that and that's the, I mean, that's what the the people, those huge, and you could hear that in the audio. You hear the jumps. Yeah. it's 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 kind of strung together a little bit. You know the, the people who put some of those videos out are doing it to to make a scary, yeah thing. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, it's like it's like anything. The true terror is just that someone's going through that. Right, it's just right. awful. But yeah, that 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 was a, a very famous uh, a case of it. But and again, Wildcat not condoned, yeah. not yeah. an official exorcism by the church. And to me, it sounds like the family kept seeking this. That's what I mean. They kept shopping it. Until like, they, they found what they already wanted to hear or what they believed already and something that matched that. Exactly. A little it's, confirmation bias in, yep. in there, I think. Yeah, they decided what it was and, and if that's true. Yeah. So, so it's 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 a very sad it's a very sad story regardless, uh, but potentially also terrifying. 
And like we said, this is this is real stuff. Regardless of what you want to believe, it, it's happening yeah, to people. Yeah, regardless of what you it. think the cause of it is, that person is undeniably suffering. Sure. So there are theories on on the causes of it. People, from what I found, people don't know for sure. Yeah. Like 100%, nobody knows. Pseudoscientifically, it could be due to uh, a couple of things. Maybe an individual may be spiritually weakened due to negativity and life circumstances, making it easier for a demon to enter. An individual could consciously invite a demon to possess him. A person may unconsciously invite demonic possession by engaging in occult-type activities, uh, such as using a Ouija board or performing a seance or some such. Now, that's, you know, if if you want to go that route, if you want to believe in in actual demonic possession, that's that's one thing. and in a lot of cases, they're lower class uh, victims. Yeah, they're 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 people. Uh, maybe a little more hardships are upon them, mm-hmm. and they're 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 more common in that uh, regard. And sadly, on the other end of the spectrum, there's there's money in in demon wrestling. Yeah. There there are uh, hucksters and televangelists, and we found like this really there's just a- lame as video of a of a a guy and a bad actress and she was a demon and he was gonna rebuke it and and oh if if everyone in the films it and yeah people give him money for it exactly he lays the bible on her forehead and yeah and oh oh, well he's in control and he's gets a little flippant with the demon oh well we can't have any of that rebuke 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 and then you know like it just just hokey horse yeah yeah and and there's i mean you know if they're if there is a hell and there is demons, they're going to have, have fun. They're going to have a lot of fun with yeah. that guy. Now, uh, of course, there there's a lot of camps that say these are, are mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. Straight up people having some sort of, of mental illness, be it hysteria, mania, psychosis, uh, a form of Tourette's syndrome, epilepsy, schizophrenia mm-hmm. is, a, is a big one, uh, a conversion disorder or disassociative identity disorder. Yeah. I mean- there are a lot of things that symptoms tie into for mental illness. And uh, with some of these, this, so the science goes and, and have been studied, people can manifest a different personality and come back to their original personality and have no memory whatsoever. Yeah, and that's very common that the, that the victim has no memory of what happens in the meanwhile. Yeah, and they have shown where parts of the brain... I don't want to say shut down, but they somehow rewire uh, while this is going on or something, and and it's they can see where this is not forming uh, memories or this is not connecting to to what has been going on just five minutes previous, you know, or yeah. something like that. It's I I, I don't understand it a hundred percent, but for the most part, uh, it's been shown that it could happen, you know, and mm-hmm. and a lot of times these behaviors are. Uh, more base in in nature and and if you're if you're going in psychology you might say it's more id than than ego you know what i mean like yeah. it's given into more uh bestial type of of behavior well it is it is it is definitely like a very animalistic mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's the interesting thing is that the there's a, there's a very strange dichotomy to this that at least in my experience in like the the christian faith that you know, you read like C.S. Lewis, uh, screw tape letters, for example, you know, demons are very cunning. They're very careful and, and 
you never see a possession of someone who suddenly becomes very well-spoken and very shrewd and very manipulative. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always, you know, the, yeah, the freak crazy. out, you know, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there is a very straight up explanation for that, but you never see that. That's true. But there is, there's so much in Christian theology that, that has the, the, the silver tongue devil. I mean, that phrase itself, you know, that they, that they're very cunning and it's very easy to fool humans away from the, the path of God and, mm-hmm. and to lure them into, to bad decisions. Uh, but you don't, you never really see that as a manifestation of demon possession. Yeah. Hmm. And unless they do it so well that you can't tell. That's true. Could be sitting right across from me right now. It's hard to say what, even, even with a mental illness, it's hard to say what could be going on truly. Yeah, it is. It is. And even within diagnoses and it's, it's difficult, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I think I, and truth be told, you know, as long as they're, they're truly making that a careful consideration that I'm with the Catholic church, you know, like let's, let's make sure a hundred percent that this is not a medical or a psychological condition. Yeah. And I have to, to think that some of the cases, maybe a very few, maybe a lot, I don't know, but some of the cases would have to be people that are just fed up. They need to act out some. Yeah. And that, that just what you said, it could be that, that, that repressed id. Mm-hmm. That's just like, Bleh! I mean, this gives them at least an outlet to vent some of that. Yeah. You know, pent up aggression or, or anger or just whatever they need to, to exercise within themselves. <laughs> this is a, this is a good vehicle for that. That leaves them morally unresponsible. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's a tension and it's you're a tension. Gonna, you're going to get attention. There's, there's a tension in that. I have to believe that there are some cases that are, that are like that. Now, if there are true demonic cases, of course it's not that, you know what I mean? Right. Again, I haven't gone through this personally. I don't know. Knock on like. wood, brother. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what is there left to say? It's, 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 it is terrible for people to, to go through and, and we feel, we feel terrible about that. It's interesting as, well, yeah, as, but what is the source of it? What, heck. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating and it's, it's an interesting thing and it's, it's spooky as all get up, which yeah. fits quite nicely into this, the first week of blurry photober. <laughs> yeah, finally. Now was that so hard? Uh, that'll be possession and exorcism in a very holy water sprinkled old priest, young priest, very violent, um, pea soup spitting, yeah, head turning, levitating nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Uh, man. Well, Flora, uh, get your robes, get all your accoutrements, get your, your holy water, because I think I can feel. Puns running all through oh, me. Get them out. You want to go first or want me to go first? I'll go first. Oh, well, we can't have that. Rebuke, 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 rebuke. Well, I tell you what, I have uh, I have a gym for you, Dave. Oh, yeah? Uh, I've got a gym that's all about casting out that flab. <laughs> I think I can smell this. You want If you want all that fat. To be exercised from yep. your body, you go to flexorcism. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was awesome. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Um, in in some faiths, particularly uh, in Islam, it there is the problem of possession, and usually manifest uh, by uh, other other sinful activities. You know, 
and one can beget the other, one opens the door for the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, whether you're uh, perhaps possessed by a spirit or you have a, a suddenly you're drinking a lot of alcohol, um, the problems uh, of either gin and juice can really, it's gin, and, gin and juice, D-J-I-N-N, and the juice oh. in that is uh, alcohol. Those are the two problems. It's gin and juice. It's gin. It's gin and juice. Man, the the knife was so sharp, I didn't even feel yeah. it coming in. Yeah. Sometimes you're rolling down the street, smoking, smoking and endo, sipping on gin and juice. Lead back. Okay. What do you got, Flora? Uh, I have an '80s cartoon hero that can only be exercised by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> it's Heman. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta cast that heman out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all the way into Eternia. <laughs> you know, there's a uh, there's a new restaurant chain started down in Texas. It's sort of a you know, it's I guess has a theological angle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's trying to. The problem is this: is a lot of people were are possessed <laughs> with the the demon vegan demon. Oh no. The vegetarian gotta eat meat. demon. Yeah, you have to. It's Texas. Yeah. That's why the, this new restaurant's called Exorcizzlin'. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, thought, uh, I thought you might be going along the lines of- Veggie uh, be gone! <laughs> of a, uh, a restaurant that uh, has so many chilies and, and <laughs> good, good south of the border food. <laughs> Mixed with some Texas beef brisket. <laughs> It'll just make you sweat the demons out. Yeah. Tex-mexorcism. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's <laughs> where I thought you were going. No, no, yeah. I, yeah, I heard you sniffing it, and then I was like, I don't think he smells this one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It smelled good, though. Yeah. You know what else smells good? What? Listener Directly. No, 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 no playing around. Straight to the listener mail. All right. Time for some listener mail. Kicking it off with our friend CJ. Siege. CJ writes the following. The Siege Engine. Please don't call me Siege. CJ hits us with this. Willamette. Willamette. Oregon. Or a gun. They're spelled phonetically. I see. Yeah. Flora is apologetic. I am just just languishing in my deliberate slight. No, I would love to visit Portland. I can't afford to piss him off because I think it's a, probably a pretty cool place. CJ writes, glad you like Portlandia. It is pretty representative, uh, pretty representative of the city. And before you snicker, I was born and raised in Syracuse, but I've lived in Oregon the last 27 years. <laughs> to which he says, good God, I'm old. <laughs> I assume it's a he. I don't know. CJ could be anything. Sure. Could be Carly Jane. Could be. Carly Joan. <laughs> could be, could be, could be Cooter Jackson. That's Still, a guy's name. Oh, okay. Cooter's a guy's name. Anybody in Dukes of Hazard? Yeah. So thank you for uh, setting that straight. Flora will probably try to get it right. I will deliberately get it wrong henceforth because I'm a contrarian. Thank you, CJ. Thanks, CJ. You know what I think is uh, weird about that? That it's pronounced Willamette. I would think that it would have two M's, not two T's. Dude, you don't you don't want to go down this this path. I know. There's I'm just no. saying that's why I pronounced it Willamette because <laughs> it's got an M E T T E. Also, you're a huge fan of Will I Am, so Will I Am. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I ain't. <laughs> what do you got, Flora? Well, Dave, uh, we've heard from. Oh, welcome back, Gothzilla. Gothzilla. How we have missed you. That's right. Good to hear from you, Gothzilla. That was fucking great. Gothzilla says, nice harp show. And she's got a funny harp story for us. Uh-oh. She was at a business network thingy and got to talk to a woman there and seemed pretty normal init- initially, and the company needed some of the services that Godzilla's company provided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they needed a city raised to the ground? That's that's what they provide. So uh, they swapped business cards, talked about stuff, and things came around to the Christchurch earthquake that happened recently in uh, old New Zealand town, mm-hmm. New Zealand land. New, uh, New- Zealand, new 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 Zealand. To start with, they talked about how awful it was. Of course, then this woman leaned in and kind of looked around as if she was about to impart some terrible secret to Godzilla. Then she just gently burped in her face. <laughs> that woman was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the conversation went. Oi, did I? Oi, did I? I'm going to do this in in a southern southern woman's voice. Perfect. Of course, it was caused by harp. Godzilla says, "Oh, why do you say that?" She says, harps being used to cause natural disaster as a warning to us all. Godzilla says, do go on. Yes. <laughs> Godzilla is so smart. I'm listening. She says, well, it's all in in the name of the city. She says, what, Christchurch? Yes. As you know, the Jews are in control of the world and they are sending us a message. Christchurch has the word Christ in it. Godzilla's response, Right. Wow. And at that point, realizing that she was not only insane, but also racist, uh, she started to back away. She wanted, she kind of wanted to ask her about chemtrails and shape-shifting lizards, but the anti-Semitism really put her off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to feed that animal. Needless to say, she did not get their business. <laughs> oh, God, that's kind of, I mean, you would wish that you would never run into someone like that, but on the other hand, if you're going to leave, yeah. Do go on. I'd like to hear more. Yeah. Taste a bit. Yeah. Get, get your taste. <laughs> get, get your taste. And then Godzilla get... got a taste. And then Unfortun- off. Unfortunately, it was, uh, it was a bit racist. <laughs> a bit off. Uh, and then she said uh, she kept meaning to send an email about Druids because her grandfather and great-grandfather were both chosen chiefs of the Druid order. Oh. In fact, she believes uh, her great-grandfather resurrected the whole Druid at Stonehenge thing. Well, that's fascinating. That's a claim. Yeah. That's a claim to fame. It is. That's impressive. So that's uh, that's what she gives us. Thank you, Godzilla. Thanks, Godzilla. So nice to hear from you again. We've missed you. Uh, new listener here. How about genocidal flip-flops? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. They smell terrible. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's the way I'm taking it. Killing people one broken strap at a time. That's right. Genocidal flip-flops writes the following. Hello. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to tell you that I love the humor you put in the, all the themes you discuss. Thanks. At first, I felt you guys were spending too much time on jokes instead of on the theme of the episodes. We do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> then, it, <laughs> then it quickly grew on me the way you do your episodes, and I think that's solely due to how funny you both can make everything at all. Oh, Thank you. And includes a mundane superpower. Yeah. How about the ability to run as fast as the Flash, but only with your eyes closed? <laughs> <laughs> nice i like that a lot nice 
Thank you, genocidal flip flops. Thanks, GF. <laughs> FF. GFF. G- G- GF flops. Oh, my God. Totes. GFF. GFF. <laughs> and I, I don't want to uh, uh, alarm anyone. No. But it does appear that we will be taking a nice, sunny, dusty ride on the Pony Road! Witness me! I write! I pun! I write again! What a pun! What a lovely pun! (laughs) All right. Of course, we've got a pun from Clint, who is a new listener to the show. Hi, Clint. Hello. And uh, now we've got a fan in Kansas City. Cross it off the list. Rock on. (laughs) You just saved that entire city. (laughs) Clint writes, There are stories of a creature from the 1400s running around during the Christmas times and stealing kids from their homes and forcing them to build toys. This creature is known as Krimpus. Nice. Thanks, Clint. Next up, we have Ironicus. Ironicus. A little-known fact about Portland's Shanghai tunnels is how their legacy still shapes the United States. The crimps need to maintain the tunnels to do their work, but we're constantly struggling to keep them usable in the face of the rains and the tides. Even today, the West Coast is a battleground for the floods and the crimps. <laughs> nice. nice. All right, now, the, the fuel in the gas tank of this run, this punny run. That's right. Uh, from Estrella. 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 The star of our lives. Uh, how about this? Cinco Estrellas on iTunes. <laughs> Cinco Estrellas. The horrible creatures out of West Virginia opens a soup kitchen, thus becomes the Brothman. 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 It's too hot. The end of the world is brought about when llamas eat everyone. The alpacalypse. <laughs> Like we somehow, how did we not hear that one before? <laughs> the favorite drink of all secret societies, Illuminati. Tea. What genies prefer to drink? Gin and tonics. Duh. A more agreeable Russian witch, Baba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when some ghosts take up stealing instead of banging, the Polterheist. Heist. Uh, the real and itchier hooved monster, the wool jersey devil. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> A tastier version of the Australian cryptid. The cinnamon bun yip. Ooh. The bun yip's very tasty. <laughs> the bun yip's very sweet. <laughs> and if you eat the bun yip, it's a tasty treat. <laughs> so you better run down quickly or your brother will eat all of them. Okay, that's it. Bada, 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 bada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bunyip. If Lovecraft wrote his stories in the 90s, his famous evil book of spells would have been called The Retronomicon. <laughs> Retro. 8-bit. <laughs> and finishes up with, uh, that one might be a little weak, but give me some credit. I thought up all these in like five minutes. <laughs> that's exactly as much time as you should give a pun. That's, that's right. Love the show, especially the puns. Keep the fantastic work. Thanks, Estrella. And Gracias, sorry, Estrella. So, sorry that I don't know what two L's in a row mean. And, my bad. Estrella. Eight mm. nana quesadilla. And then to end this punny road, we have in the caboose, Caleb. Oh. Already calling himself uh, out on bunt. Nice. <laughs> little known fact, Jay-Z released a song about the Shanghai Tunnels. It was called Big Crimpin'. Nice. That seems eerily familiar. Well played. And thank, thank all of you for your listener mail. 
for your puns. That's right. Uh, please, uh, we are we are working really hard. To, what we're tackling right now, we're trying to get our our ranking up there uh, with the iTunes, which really helps the podcast a lot. Uh, and your reviews are a huge part of that. Actually, we're we're doing pretty good, but we could do pretty great. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're we're getting up there. Yeah, please continue to uh, give us five star reviews. Write us write us a little something, even if it's just like, hey, high five. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. B p p p p p t exclamation point. <laughs> That's how that's spelled. Uh, That'd be fun. Go over to Facebook. Give us a like. Yeah, Help click us like seven hundred Hildos. Yeah, we are we are already circling in we are less than 25 to go yeah to, to seven hildos that's amazing keep on uh, uh tweeting us and retweeting us at uh blurry underscore photos on the twitter yep don't be afraid to uh hit the old donate button please don't be afraid to collect your free audiobook from audibletrial.com slash blurry photos that's right and please uh you know what when you're done with this episode not before when you're done with this episode you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat when you're done with this episode, we're the meat and the pudding. We're meat pudding. Check out uh, some of the other podcasts from the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. For example, why don't you check out the Rewatch Podcast? Uh, Max Temkin of Cards Against Humanity. Ever heard of it? And Patrick Klepek from Kotaku. What? Uh, rewatch one episode of Lost each week. If you're not a nerd, you should be a nerd and you should be reading Kotaku. It's a lot of fun. They, they, they find the lost episodes of Lost and explain them to you. Well, all the little nuggets that you missed, all the things, all the reasons you're mad about the smoke monster explained in a manner that lets you sleep easy at night. Yeah. So yeah. So please uh, check out the rewatch podcast from the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Thanks as always to the Cards Against Humanity and the Podcast Co-op. Yep. And them swell folks. And thank you to you, the most important part of this whole machine, the listener, the listener, and the mail writer, and the mail writer, <laughs> right, and uh, hopefully uh, all the people riding shotgun at Crampus uh, Knocked in Bloomington. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll you, get- you know, uh, Gray Cat pointed out earlier they don't have any information up for this yet. <laughs> well, you know what? Some of the best festivals. Uh, are poorly organized. That's right. Like our live show. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway. Not a lot of information on that either. So <laughs> rock. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but welcome to Blurry Photober. <laughs> yes. Have fun this month. Yes. Enjoy the weather and enjoy get the super spookiness. spooky. And uh, you know, just have just have a have a damn good time. And if you get a moment, uh, go ahead and just like listen to some audio from Disney's Haunted Mansion. If nothing is going to put you in a more Halloweeny mood than that. That's right, you Halloweeny. You made you Halloweeny. Halloweeners. So, anyways, for this episode of Blurry Photober, I've been Dave the Old Priest, Stecco. And I've been the power of David Flora compels you. <laughs> you mother sucks <laughs> in hell. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Come, let us move deeper into the amusement zone. Stop. Ah, did you hear that? Yeah, I did. That was a blood-curdling giggle. But her giggle hose is destroyed. It could not have emanated from him. Then it must be the ghost of Klaus. So we must investigate that building to see if the sound repeats itself. I will prepare the phantasmal compressor. I feel like there are many ghosts in the building. Yeah, let us press forward. <laughs> ah, oh. yeah, that is terrifying happiness. Helmut, the happiness is frightening me. Yeah, Panzer, allow me to tell you a brief story about a man who once told me that you must move through the pain. The man with you. The story was seven minutes ago. Let us continue then. Yeah, we will continue then. <laughs> mein Leben! Panzer! Get the friends! Panzer! Oh! Oh, Panzer! Oh, Panzer! There's your all, buddy. Get it all out. Are you feeling so better, Panzer? Are we in danger? I don't think so. You see, it's, it's not the ghosts. It is not the ethereal cackle of Klaus Gruberstilzen. Yeah, this is uh, uh, a robot clown that the power was left on, and I don't. I think he's been doing this for at least 30 years now. Yeah, see, watch, I turn it off. I turned it on. <laughs> yeah, you threw up because of, a, because of a robot. You were afraid of some robots. I feel like less of a hair. No, you were all hair. It was you who kept me from soiling mine horse when we were forced to look into the 16 eyed tail of a statue full of raccoons. You were there for me. I won't tell, any, I mean, I, I won't tell anyone, but we are still putting this show out, so they will know you throw up. Fair enough. It seems almost cruel to do this to you, Panzer, but I must ask Geist or Nein Geist? Nein Geist! <laughs> That's my panzer. That is mine panzer. Now let us move on to the food court serving areas. Panzer, please. Yeah. Allow your eyes to adjust in the dark. We are surrounded by sleeping hobos. The hobo possesses no soul, no spirit, nor do they even breathe the air that we breathe. That is why none of our equipment registers them. Truly, the stories are true. But it is a place of ethereal darkness where the hobo will reside, where we are most likely to find the geist. Let us descend further into madness. Yeah, Panzer. Yeah. Hey! Oh, who the hell are you two? Please, it is the disincarnate spirit of Klaus Gruberstilzen. Klaus, it is I, Helmut Gerhardt, and I am here with my co-host, Panzer Schnitzel. We want to ask you questions about the world beyond. You are the disincarnate spirit, yeah? You guys got any change? Panzer, I am not understanding what he is saying. Klaus, you must communicate clearly through the veil of life and death so that we may understand what you are saying. You smell like sausage and cheese. Helmut, let's get out of here. He, he wants, wants to, to eat, eat our us. bodies. Oh. Please, Stel. The hobos still rising! <laughs> <Run>! <laughs> oh! No! Run! Go on without me! Nine! 
Psycho Badger! Psycho Badger! I think we are free from the hobo and the cannibal ghost of Klaus Gruberstilzen. So, Helmut, ja. Geist oh nein, Geist. Geist! Geist! So, join us next time when we look terror straight in its face at a dentist office in Ingolstadt. Yeah, we will travel to an office where the agonizing suffering of countless naughty children who ate the candy and not make with the brushings were forced to sit in the chair while they were tortured. Makes you think twice about being a fat little piggy. Yeah, yeah, little piggy. <laughs> we are going to laugh when we find your ghosts. I am Panda Schnitzel. And I am Helmut Gerhardt. Thank you for joining us on, on Geist Jäger. Geist Jäger.